Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you doing? Doing fine. Good. Thank you. Doing good. fine. Try to solve another problem. I want to do, uh, concentrate on a couple things today. What, what about this movement with, of the mask and where yeah. we stand on that, the pros and cons of the mask? But, but the emphasis on now, it's, I thought we were winning this argument against masks, especially you know, with the children. Yeah. But now there's a big move on. The schools are opening now, uh, and, uh, and, and people are demanding the mask, and the unions are demanding the mask. The school teachers are scared. But I, I think it's a distortion of what uh, really is the truth because we do meet a lot of people, teachers and others, that aren't for the mask. But there's a lot of propagandizing on this. But the other thing I want to touch on, if we can get uh, through uh, talking about the mask, is uh, another big issue that I've had a few calls on. And that is, what in the world do you do after we mess up Afghanistan? It took us 20 years yeah. to cause chaos over there. And uh, this has happened before. It happened in the Vietnam War. We go in and mess up a country, and then we feel sorry for the people who suffered. Some of them truly were allied with us and believe we were uh, there to save them and save their country and produce democracy. And, uh, and therefore, when you see them uh, being, uh, you know, slaughtered or killed or under the gun, uh, then a lot of the, it galvanizes a lot of uh, a lot of sympathy for them. And at least I would say I'm concerned about it. But I want to uh, later on in, in the program, I want to talk a little bit about that yeah. and uh, get you to say a few words about what, how, how could we straighten it out. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll have a we'll have a challenge there. But right now. Now we'll try to emphasize sanity yeah. <laughs> with with the the mask business, but uh, I would, I'm just disappointed so far, even in our local community, that uh, some people at least they're getting attention uh, out of proportion to what I think really is going on. That uh, if, if you know the, the children should have masks because it's dangerous. The propaganda has been incessant. Yeah. I didn't think anybody would fall for it. Again. but but <laughs> right now, especially the children. Yeah. You you know, uh, this adult stuff uh, is something else, and uh, I think that that's one thing. But but now to mandate and say you, if, if you don't go along with putting masks on the kids at school, what, what of course they imply is you don't care about the health of the kids, and it'll be necessary. Is it going to do wonders? They're not going to get sick. But what are they going to compare it to? last year and not many of them got sick anyway yeah i mean they they just were pretty much had natural immunity uh, to uh to the COVID, and yet now we're going to still we've talked to people into uh oh we we better protect ourselves anyway <laughs> you know the only way i could argue maybe they're on to something is the vaccinations that have gone on so far might have created some variants that might have been uh, more infectious and uh but but anyway it, it's a mess and i just think that the masks uh, are, are so far removed from rea reality uh, and, uh, you know, uh, arguing the case that they're, in, that they're ineffective and there's other mot motivations. Sometimes I think there's some distraction going on from other issues and distraction about vaccines and, and also the political thing of it and uh, a bit of conditioning to the, the, the obedience things. And, you know, that was the vaccine participates in that too. Conditioning people because if you don't have your mask on, you're seen as 
uh, you know, in certain areas, hopefully here, we, the people we didn't see with masks on, we thought, they're our friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But there's other places that get angry at the ones who don't have masks on. So uh, it's, it's an ongoing fight. And uh, right now, I do not think that if everybody quit wearing a mask tomorrow, that our country would be a lot worse off. Yeah. Well, you know, we've talked all along about how it, having to do with politics and power above all. And we see that over and over. And in fact, let's set the stage by looking at this first clip. You and I both looked at this and were revolted, were disgusted. If we can get that a little bigger, please. This is from the Atlantic Journal-Constitution. Uh, a young mother with a two-year-old toddler was on Southwest Airlines. The two-year-old and anyone who's flown with toddlers knows uh, they can be difficult. This two-year-old, and I had one like this too, she sucked her thumb. This girl sucks her thumb to comfort her. And you can imagine all around her, everyone is tense, and so that's what she wanted to do. They were trying to force the mask on. The mother and father even held the girl down to put it on. And here comes some nasty, slimy flight attendant. She says, you've got two options. Either you can cut a hole in it, and they were being condescending, or you can glue it to your, her face. We do have glue here. And this is not disgusting. And I have to say from experience, myself and my family, Southwest flight attendants are among the worst, which is sad because it used to be the best airline to fly, but just goes to show the nastiness behind, hey, I can force you to do something. I can tell you what to do. It's these kind of little Nazis in our society that they love this kind of thing. And I think, so this is about power. This person had the power over this poor little girl crying, desperate to breathe. She wanted to suck her thumb uh, and have some comfort. It's just sick. Yeah. You know, one question that crossed my mind, I, I agree, of course, completely with what you're saying, and I'm sure the parents uh, ag agree, too, and they were probably trying to accommodate, you yeah. know, why, why stir up trouble, so who was really stirring up the trouble? But then you can go back one more step, it's the people who write these stupid rules, and then the collusion between government, it wasn't a government agent there doing this, it was the airlines who were being obedient to the government and for, and being the policemen for the government yes. because those are orders from the government. The government, sometimes they, our governor and all will say, you can't do this, you can't do this. And then they circumvent that and they go directly to the big companies because they have ways of uh, uh, blackball and blackmailing, you know, the companies you know, will give you trouble and, and will penalize you if you don't do what we t tell you. You know, one thing I've been thinking about in looking at that issue is uh, a what-if question. What if uh, it turns out that the masks were much more harmful than helpful? Mm -hmm. what, what, what kind of a conclusion, you know, it's, they're, they're not going to, uh, a lot of people believe that already. But what, what if that became the conclusion, the total evidence that it was harmful? Not only did it didn't do any good, but it was causing harm, uh, you know, psychological harm. Yeah. Uh, uh, there were more suicides, uh, causing more mouth infections, more difficulty breathing, and you could go up and down. And uh, what, how, I, I guess uh, I've concluded that the people who really push it, uh, they don't have a conscience on this. It's not like, like uh, people saying, my goodness, I was, uh, you know, supporting this thing. I've changed my mind. Yeah. You know, it's not likely to happen. Of course, we only have one remembering, uh, remembrance of being in Congress where somebody had an honest change of line. Yeah, yeah. That was Walter, you know, on foreign policy. He made a mistake. But I just don't think they'll do that. But there is, there is a possibility that when the truth is accepted, that they'll say, you know what, 
just think of what we've gone through, all this agony, and uh, and, and we're seeing, uh, you know, this this issue of this surge in so-called infections and variants is is not the usual thing what happens on uh, on viruses in the middle of summer. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be the best part of the year, yeah. but but because of uh, this over management this incessant management in detail of everybody's life you know whether it's vaccines or medications or lockdowns uh, don't get out in the sun don't go to the beach yeah. you know couldn't be more insane that that to me is uh, I, I think as time goes on uh, more and more people would uh, ask that question what what if will would it change anybody's mind the tragedy is is uh, we we better look to changing people's mind so that that they just quit and don't use the stupid logic they've used the next go around. Yeah, yeah. We didn't think that would come back, but it did. But the whole issue of this this last one, it's a federal mandate. You've got to, who says who? The CDC, did they make the laws? I didn't realize that. How do they have the opportunity to tell people? But the other part of it is politics, and we're hearing it over and over. The media is obediently, of course, parroting the line of the White House and the Democrats, which is this whole thing is all the fault of these horrible Republican governors, specifically Ron DeSantis, who uh, coincidentally uh, is a threat to Biden if Biden even can last through his first four years for re-election, and to a lesser degree Abbott, lesser of a political threat, but still the symbol of a governor of such a huge state. So much politics involved. These GOP governors, if it wasn't for them, everything would be hunky-dory. And in fact, here's an example. This is from Politico. Let's look at the next one. The finger pointing constantly over the GOP governors. If we can look at the next one, please. GOP governors embrace COVID cocktails over masks as cases surge. So that gives you the idea, if you read this, that the cases are surging in places like Texas and Florida because they're not mandating masks. Well, the reality is something different. But let's look at Oregon. Let's look at the next clip. Solid blue state, insanely blue state. Governor Kate Brown announces statewide indoor mask requirements August 11th, a couple of weeks ago. Um, statewide mask mandate. Well, let's look at how that's working out for Oregon. Let's look at the next one here. And here's Oregon in cases. Skyrocketed <laughs> since she's put in the mandate. Even higher than the peak in December for Oregon. Nobody's talking about Oregon with their mask mandate and cases going through the roof. They're talking about Texas, and let's look at the next one. Texas with no mandate. Let's look at that next one, please. Well, yes, there has been a surge. There has been a surge of uh, cases in Texas, but it's nowhere near the peak, whereas in Oregon, it completely surpasses the peak. But you don't hear about it, so that suggests to me that it's politics. And the final one, if we can look at that next clip, it's very powerful. We'd like to see evidence that masks work. And when we look at charts like this, daily new cases per 1 million people in all Georgia counties, you'll see the yellow is counties with no mask mandate, and the black is counties with mask mandates. The the, uh, chart is virtually identical among the two. And I'm not an expert. I'd like to be convinced that masks work. But when I look at a chart like this, I I wonder how. Show us where they've worked, how they've worked, I'm ready to be convinced, but that doesn't help. Yeah, I found it interesting that one of the arguments against the governors and the position of uh, not using these masks at all and, uh, and promoting these cocktails, they said, 
the, the liberals who are promoting it say it's too expensive. <laughs> you know, like like they were really worried, uh, really worried about the budget. So you know, the the question is, uh, what is the position or the policy that you should have? Uh, should should somebody pass a law and say, well, you're prohibited, you don't need it, these are stupid, and uh, it's costing the insurance companies and Medicare too much money by using masks. We have to write a write a law that prohibits the use of masks. Well, no, you don't need to do that. You know, there's this old-fashioned thing in a free society where people get to make their own choices, voluntarily make their own choices. So if, uh, if Southwest, see, Southwest is not acting, uh, they're not being generously advising people to help them stay healthy. It has yeah. nothing to do with it. They're carrying out the orders of, of, of the government. But uh, it, if, you, if you did this and had it voluntary, if you had a business or whatever, you know, uh, there's uh, a lot of places that uh, want it and they don't have to. But the, the, the point is you can't mandate and you can't prohibit. And there's a, uh, right now there's a, the mandates that seem to prevail, uh, but uh, there's not many people writing laws and preventing it, prohibiting it. But it's not a bad idea when you really get sick and tired of a, a few people said, you know, we like our customers to keep uh, not wear a mask because we like to know what what they look like yeah, or something, yeah. you know. Uh, but but that's that's not used. They're not relying on you know. Basically, if you understand property rights and volunteerism, you wouldn't have these kind of problems. And no business would normally treat their customers like this. Would beat up on a poor <laughs> two-year-old kid. No business would do that. It's only the insanity. Well, the other issue that's related and it's very interesting. And if you're ready to move on to the yeah. California race which is shaping up to be an actually a referendum on mandates, vaccine mandate, vaccine passport, mask mandate, because we've seen, and actually we can look up that next clip, and then I'll toss it back to you, Dr. Paul. This is Larry Elder who's running, and I'm not an expert in California politics, but Larry Elder is running. Uh, if the governor is removed from office, which many hope he will, he is explicit. He says, if I become governor, when I become governor, assuming there are still mandates for masks and statewide mandates for masks, they will be suspended right away. This is America. We have freedom in America. Virtually everyone in California who wants to be vaccinated can do so, he said. Very you know, this might be the ultimate poll that will tell us like, as long as we get an honest count. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well. yeah we, uh, we, we, well, hopefully we're past that. I hope we, uh, there, people have really looked into this and they're going to watch it. But that still, that still has been a problem you know, for a long time, a lot worse in recent years, where the, it's, it's not who votes, it's who counts the votes. You know? yeah. and, and that's the thing. But in, in many ways, I think it will be um, you, you know, a referendum. But I think it'll be interesting. And every once in a while, I read articles, you know, that seem to be a little bit more balanced. They're not ultra conservative. They're not ultra liberal either. That if we start seeing in this campaign out there where you have some radical lefties all of a sudden modifying their position and not sounding like radicals, some of them have shift their position subtly and cautiously and say, well, yeah, we, we can do this. Maybe we should open up. So public opinion is very important. It's out there. It's in a debate. Where there, there will be a lot of reports, and uh, I, hopefully the, the one who wants the most freedom wins, and uh, hopefully that message will uh, be a resounding message, and a lot of people will pay attention. Well, I'm not too optimistic about the vote in California, and a friend <laughs> of ours, and actually I won't say your name on the TV, but you know her as well, uh, she 
uh, posted recently that she's already received two ballots in the mail to vote in California. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel very confident in that. But when you go back to bullying, and let's look at the next clip, because you talk about these organizations that normally wouldn't harm their customers or their students. And this is Quinnipiac University. They're going to find students and block their internet access if they don't have the vaccine. And that includes students that have gotten through the virus and they have natural immunities that we know are actually more lasting, it looks like at least, than the vaccine, which seems to go break down after eight months, blocking their internet. You can't go on the internet. It just seems spiteful, doesn't it? Hateful. Yeah, it, it does. And uh, the one thing they do avoid uh, really is trying to seek out honesty in uh, pre presenting uh, scientific evidence. And that, that is a mess. I've taken the word science. We have to follow the science, which is so ridiculous because the person, the people who seem to be the most resistant to using science, uh, scientific evidence, are the ones shouting, well, we're not going to listen to anybody else. Like this social media. Yeah. They're the arbiter of, of uh, what is scientifically correct or not. And that, I think that has, that has been one thing that has suffered. And people have, they don't talk about the principle of the thing. Who's going to determine science? Why did science become a political football? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, with a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, importance because people suffer consequences by doing something uh, and uh, and they're accused of of, of uh, scientific infractions that's going to kill kid people kill the kids and all of this and at the same time they say that we need to put masks on more kids and put them on two or three times and, yeah. and this sort of thing so it it's the same it's, it's really suffered a lot uh, during this thing. And that's something uh, that will be discussed, I'm sure, uh, to, to a large degree with uh, the race out in California. I hope that makes, uh, allows for some progress. And as you mentioned the science, the epitaph I think for this entire chapter will be Fauci when he says, people attacking me are attacking science. <laughs> yeah, know, that's as right. As if he is science. But speaking of actual scientists, let's look, put the next uh, tweet up. This is from Thomas Massey. He just put this tweet out. This is a tweet he put out about uh, Biden is now going after people who work in rest homes, uh, federally funded rest homes, they must have a vaccine. And that means a lot of them are gonna quit. And so here's Massey, mandating a faltering vaccine because it's faltering is illogical. Implementing a vaccine mandate that doesn't recognize natural immunity from prior infection is unscientific. Pushing those who care for our elderly into other careers is unsympathetic. Great, great points that he makes yeah, there. Yeah, and I think this, this is when he was emphasizing the fact that uh, there's two things that we need to do. And one is you have to have a safe, free, effective vaccine. Of course, don't we have that? Yeah. We have a lot of choices. It's free. <laughs> it's, well, somebody pays. <laughs> but it's out there, and uh, to argue that it's safe is, is, a, is a question. Effective really raises the question. There are some complications. But uh, be, you get into the, uh, the uh, debate over the vaccine. But then, again, equal to all of that are the masks. And uh, I, I, just, uh, I, I just think that... Uh, they, they, it seems like symbolically it's very important for them. I think it's a symbol of obedience, yeah. just like the vaccine, you know, uh, and the, the uh, passport type yeah. of thing. Uh, if you don't have the vaccine, you're in big trouble. And look at all the nonsense and the rule changing now. And it is being used uh, as a passport. So, uh, and this, the, uh, 
I guess you'll have to have a passport plus a mask. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't think that uh, all of a sudden they're going to uh, get rid of all the masks. But uh, so we'll have to wait and see. And we haven't seen any evidence. We've looked at chart after chart for the past year. And some people say, and I think there's something to it, if nobody was wearing a mask, would anyone really know that we were having a pandemic? You know, so yeah, it's the, right. reminding people constantly. But talking about this effectiveness, and don't cancel us censors because we are citing the New York Times, right? Even the New York Times had a piece today, devastating piece, and Alex Berenson highlighted his old newspaper, the New York Times, questioning seriously the effectiveness of the vaccine. Let's put this up. This is New York Times, uh, this next clip. If you can put that up, please. Israel, once the model for beating COVID, faces new surge of infections. One of the most vaccinated societies, Israel now has one of the highest infection rates in the world, raising questions about the vaccine's efficacy. New York Times raising questions about vaccine's efficacy. Next one is from the same article from Alex Berenson. This next quote is really interesting too. Unlike previous epicenters of infection in Israel's crowded, less vaccinated, ultra-Orthodox communities, this scourge primarily took hold in well-vaccinated middle-class suburbs. And that's why now the Israelis are rushing to get a third jab. But the question, I think Massey has asked it too, if the first two jabs only give you eight months of protection, will the third one give you four or eight more or how many? And where is the science? Where are the studies saying that the third one there is no sign. What if it contributes it? to uh, producing another variant? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I said, uh, what if all of a sudden they decide the masks didn't do any good and they did more harm than good? Well, what about the vaccine? This is what he's suggesting, you know, that uh, there, there, there are a lot of questions uh, about it. And uh, but the, the problem is, is I think in, in longer terms, that you, when you discover something, you discover your uh, mistake, you acknowledge it and you don't do it again. Yeah. And that certainly is what you should do in medicine because people make mistakes and medicines weren't used and that, this sort of thing. You're supposed to learn from this. But uh, right now they just cover it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what they try to do. Uh, did you have some more on this? Because I wanted to bring up the subject a little bit. Yeah, of Afghanistan. No, I'm, I'm, I'm done with all this. Uh, okay, oh, Afghanistan, because now, like I said earlier, that uh, we're, we're getting a lot of inquiries. Yeah, but what do we do? We created this uh, horrible mess, uh, and we, we were defending Biden. <laughs> Biden didn't do it all by himself, yeah. although he was a participant because he, I think he was in the Senate, and I don't think he ever stood up and gave any speeches on why we shouldn't be in Afghanistan. <laughs> but, but anyway, is the uh, interventionist foreign policy uh, endorsed by Republicans and Democrats. That is the problem, and it creates the, these messes, and, and uh, it ends up with uh, more immigrants going on. And, you know, and, and we're, we're going to suffer some consequences about it, but so is Europe. Yes. You know, even with the far uh, Middle East, the wars that we really motivated, uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of immigrants went into Europe, and that's why Europe's having some social problems, too. And they, they, who knows? They might be equal to or worse. Some countries might be worse, but we're going to get them. We already have it. That is a problem. And uh, well, what are you guys going to do? You libertarians, you, you can't you can't just always lock the doors and never talk to people. Don't let people come in. 
Uh, and, but I think the libertarian message, the importance of it, it prevents the problem. It prevents us from getting into these wars. And then if it does happen where the people do suffer, and let's say there is a war going over and there's a lot of casualties and uh, there are some people in this country who want to help, it should be voluntary. Yeah. And they, they, the government shouldn't protect their uh, authority and their right to just march in because it's a property rights. It's a property right. Where are they going to go? In a libertarian society, the people own it. You own the ranches. You can't put them out on the ranches. The only place I think that uh, maybe we should send them if they come over and they shouldn't be here is maybe out to uh, Northern California or yeah. something and let them, let them have them in Silicon Valley or something. But no, of course, I'm being facetious. But uh, this, this is the, 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 big, the, the big problem is, is that uh, you can, uh, but we ignore, uh, dealing with this on private rights. People do not have a right to come into your land, and the government doesn't have a right to make you take care of them. But that doesn't mean that there's an exclusion of being people who want to act in a humanitarian fashion. And I happen to have the personal belief that in a free society, uh, the humanitarian instincts of people actually are enhanced and not demolished. I, yeah. think, I think when people get into the fighting mode, uh, there's less humanitarian instincts, but it's used as an excuse. Uh, you know, that they're, they're gonna go over there. We go over to all these countries, we're in 120 countries, not not to make money and not to pick you know elected leaders we're there uh, for humanitarian reasons of course <laughs> but uh, I think I think more emphasis on private property and volunteerism would solve a lot of this but we're in the middle of a mess and uh, I don't think they're quite ready to to take my suggestion seriously yeah well you're right about the Europeans they're very nervous because after the ridiculous interventions in Syria in Libya in Iraq they got a massive wave of immigrants. There's only one country that resisted, and that's Viktor Orban's Hungary. They said, no, can't come here. Sorry, not going to happen. They're the only ones that have been able to escape the serious societal and economic problems that have come with accepting millions of people that don't share anything about your culture, your history, your language into the middle of your society. They are very hesitant now to accept thousands or tens of thousands of Afghan refugees uh, for the same reason. Uh, and I think there's a good issue to be made here in the U.S. that we should not be taking in. As we said, uh, the people that attacked on 9-11 were here legally. They went through all the right hoops and came here. We don't know anything about these people. People say, well, does that mean if, if uh, we had our way, that means none of them would come? No. It would have to be more orderly. Uh, there was a time in this country that we thought people should have sponsors. And if you have a relative or somebody else uh, or an orphanage or whatever, and it's done voluntarily. But if you go and extract funds from usually the middle class, or the yeah. poor middle class, it's not extracted from Silicon Valley. Yeah. It's not for the social media. They don't, they don't do this. They just promote it. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, 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 it's not like uh, we'd have a sign up and say, uh, no immigrants welcome. Yeah. Uh, because I think our country has been rather, rather generous, not only allowing people to come, uh, but also uh, for Americans supporting people around the world. When, if, if it's an earthquake or hurricane, I think uh, the American people are very generous, but uh, the, the emphasis there is that's too slow and not enough, and it doesn't give the politicians the credit for taking care of all these problems. Uh, they should get the blame yeah. for helping to create these problems is what should happen. 
Well, the answer, Dr. Paul, is as always non-interventionism. And uh, until we change our foreign policy, we're going to continue having problems like this. So I want to thank the viewers for tuning in today. We appreciate you being with us. Please subscribe. Go to ronpaulinstitute.org and subscribe to our updates from there as well. We're not going to sell or give away your name, and we're going to protect your privacy. Dr. Paul, Very good. Thank you. And I, too, would like to thank our viewers for tuning in, and uh, we appreciate that support very much. We wanted to talk a little extra on that one issue of, uh, of the immigrations from Afghanistan, even though it was brief, uh, it, and it certainly didn't solve all the questions and problems that happened. But it should not have to be this way, and it's bad policy, and it's the foreign policy that Daniel talks about that, uh, that, that, that contributes to this. But on the mask issue, uh, it has been such a gross distortion in spite of so much evidence that especially for kids they're not necessary now there's down there this there's this rally around going back to school and the unions are saying I'm not going back the teachers won't go back unless they're safe we got to protect the children you know it's so much nonsense so what we want to do is get the facts out there and let uh, people uh, look at it and possibly change their mind to think that uh, we don't need an authoritarian federal government telling us every little thing that we can do or not do and that we should introduce uh, many people to the idea that governments frequently align themselves with big corporations and big banks and actually have leverage where they can get the uh, private so-called corporations, the government-controlled corporations, to carry out the dirty work on on uh, you, you know on on regulations and enforcement enforcement of masks and enforcement of vaccines and that to me is a very dangerous thing and that of course is why we are so strongly opposed to the progress they're having with promoting the uh, vaccine passports that that is a that is a bad issue we might spend some time on that someday about all the horrors that are coming from that and that's get, that's getting worse I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.